Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Kenyon uh, sounds hoarse today. <laughs> She's got a bit of a cold. <laughs> oh, we have a very, very, very special co-host today, Josh Woo! Hallmark. What I love that was, crime bullshit and a myriad other podcasts. Yep. I was going through the notes and I was like, oh, I'm the backup little gay. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Scott's number one. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Scott does have kind of the number one spot. He's he's a lifer. But you could, you know, it's pretty understudies are important. I don't know how am I going to dig out of this one. I mean, well, if he gets pushed down some stairs, <laughs> we're all interchangeable. Oh, my God. We here at Wine and Crime have a type. You're going to showgirls him? Petite gay men, I guess. <laughs> Do you remember seeing showgirls on TV and they would put like the Fake whole frame rabbit cart animated boot bikini top? Shut up. No. Yeah, it was a, the best. The, the, the 90s VH1 one version. Yeah, the VH1. It was always on VH1. And whenever <laughs> they showed that one, it looked like who framed Roger Rabbit. Like someone just drew on animated <laughs> animated poke up bikinis and bras. It was amazing. That is a fantastic film, but I only want to watch the censored version. Oh yeah, I'll find it. I'll. Get I feel it like for I'm us. missing out having not seen that. There's You've also- never seen Showgirls? No, I haven't seen the censored version. Oh, oh god, gay. Like, of course I've seen I, I Showgirls. Know. I got really scared. I was like, you really need to get to know your own culture, Josh. Uh, there's one scene where like a whole troop of topless girls is like running down the steps. Like backstage yes. and the animated bikinis are bouncing. Like, the animated bikinis are all synchronized. They're all, all over the place. <laughs> I will find this. I will find this. Anyway, oh thank God. you so much for being here, Josh. As yes, Kenyon continues to struggle through uh, creation of life. <laughs> the dry husk that was <laughs> once a shell for a dimly lit soul. <laughs> Poor You're welcome. Thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. And uh, Josh will be covering a case today, which is very exciting. Uh, but, you know, do you want to do you want to tell us what our topic is today, Josh, our very special fan pick? And then yeah. maybe I can explain why it makes so much sense that you would be here for this. Yeah, well, it's much like gays helping women. Uh, oh. It's women helping women. So yes. today I'm playing the part of a woman. Well, today, <laughs> I think you are playing the part of resident male expert. Resident uh, male oh, energy. Resident male opinion in the Women Helping Women episode. I mean, I don't know that I can fulfill that role, but I'll do my oh, best. Oh, honey, you can and you will. You're a man. You can do anything. I'm not a man. I'm a boy. I'm a, just a boy. I'm a puppet. <laughs> I'm a puppet on a string. Oh. I always think like if I died and they found me in like a retention pond, they would be like, pretty one-year-old <laughs> man. And it, it just like that doesn't feel on brand for me. Specifically no. a retention pond. Yeah. <laughs> it's too vague. It's My too God. Well, I'm like, reductive. I'm more of a, a guy. 
Yeah, you're a guy. You were the late 30s to early 40s white male found in the retention pile. <laughs> 41-year-old white guy. <laughs> That's just like if and when it happens. I'm going to need you if to clarify when. this with the newspapers. Like, yeah, actually, no, he was a guy. We'll send in corrections he to all guy. of the outlets. He was just a boy. <laughs> I will definitely promise to screen that over your grave hole. Thank you. As they're lowering man. you in. He's, he's not just a, a guy. He's just a boy. <laughs> he's a boy. He's barely a guy. <laughs> oh, my God. We got so your back. dumb. You're yeah, decomposing back. That's our topic today. <laughs> back to whatever we're doing, whatever this is. Okay. Well... That was fun, and I feel like we should just jump into it. Amanda, do you have a wine pairing for today's episode? Oh, Oh, we didn't say it's a fan pick. Oh, it is is a fan pick. It's a fan fan pick. pick. This is is a fan pick by Bailey Sipila. Oh, she's going to be Sipilin'. And Bailey picked this in honor of their sister Katie's birthday. Happy birthday, Katie. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. No. They made me do Happy some vocal thing. Happy birthday from all of us to you. We wish it was our birthday so we could party too. too. Hey. hey. You know what, Josh? You wish they you had vocal warm-ups on your do show. Some vocal <laughs> Can you we imagine did. if I was doing vocal warm-ups by myself? La, <laughs> la, 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 la. Many mumbling mice are making midnight music in the moonlight. <laughs> Mighty nice. Anyone? Was anyone Unique else in choir? New York. Unique New Okay, we can move on. What yeah, is thanks. the wine crime pairing? Is that what you're asking? I guess. Thanks, Bailey. Let's what's the wine crime pairing? <laughs> We can totally do this without Kenyon. We're fine. <laughs> so I know that Bailey requested something from Nasty Woman Wines, which I love Nasty Woman Wines. Normally, yes, I would do this. But as I've discussed many times, my inventory is too big. I can't go buy new robust. wine. It's too robust. And we have not officially featured the updated with the label looking good looking fire looking spicy gals sauve blanc yes it's so good if you are on patreon at five dollars or more you see that i'm holding up this bottle full disclosure i'm not gonna drink it because i did spend last week in the hospital with a major digestive upset (laughs) so pouring wine down my gullet seems like a fucking horrible idea. But also maybe your body just needs to acclimate to its typical state. Yeah. Maybe you should enjoy your newfound intolerance. Oh, no. I'm thinking like her body's used to having a very high BAC and it's out of whack now. Your homeostasis is drunk. You're dried out. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I might might like Kenyon. I might reconsider and maybe halfway through I'll open this, but I also took two legal in Minnesota gummies, so I might not want to mix and match. But anyway. Nice. I Josh, will be inebriated in some way. <laughs> Josh is drinking. What do you got? Yeah, Josh, what do you have? Well, do you like how I texted and acted like it was a big chore for me to open a bottle of wine for I this? Know, right? <laughs> uh, like, you don't have to if you don't want to. It's fine. I am drinking a Visatui Gamay Rouge. Ooh, d- yum, it, they damn. call it picnic wine. It's really, really sweet and crisp. It's mm. delicious. Wow. Gamay is so good. Anyway, that's not what we're drinking. 
<laughs> this is a California Sauve Blanc. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the label. The Gal Sauve Blanc is an absolute treasure out of Happy Canyon, California. This food-friendly sauve will blow you away with tasting notes of melon, guava, and apricot, balanced by a playfully light texture that will have you dreaming of the California sun. Lock. California. California. She clocks in at, I know where all this information is on here. You designed 12%. the label. <laughs> I know, I, I helped. 12%. It almost seems like this is the first time you're reading this label. This is the first time I'm reading the newly printed label. I haven't read it since I wrote it months ago. It's 12% ABV. It's 100% Sauve Blanc. This is like so inspired by our lovely Lucy. We've been waiting to do a pure 100% Sauve for a long time. And it's finally mm. here. And you can order it. Honestly, you can just go to our website, wineandcrimepodcast.com. Under the wine tab, we have our wines listed that will take you exactly where you need to go. This partnership with Blendtique Wine Company has been amazing. They're based out of California, and we love them. Yes. So head over to wineandcrimepodcast.com and get yours. Get it. Which reminds me, Josh, we got to send you updated wines. Uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. we do. I had to pay for my last ones. What's that all about? What? We had you on a list. I, and nothing came. <gasps> we okay, will well, take this user up error. Off the that's, air. that's our fault. <laughs> <laughs> I will fix this. I will fix this. Anyway, uh, Lucy, what's our background in psych yeah. for women helping women? While you fix this, while you backpedal for the second time this episode already. <laughs> My God. I'm not well. We're fine. We're not okay. Okay. So, women helping women. I wanted to do a little bit of research into the trustworthiness, the overall Good qualities of men versus women. Oh, my God. <laughs> and starting out here, I'm acknowledging that we're discussing binary genders mm -hmm. for the mm -hmm. most part in this episode. Definitely during my segment, I'm recognizing that. Okay. Um, so this first part is from a study conducted in 2014 by Harvard's Kennedy School's Women and Public Policy Program. Kennedy Space Station's Women, women and in Public space Policy. In women public in Space, space. Women the policy in space for women being in space. Packing in 100 public. tampons association. Yes. <laughs> Rolls right off that. the tongue. Yep. 100 tampons. The acronym tampons. is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so this and study showed. Asked, Would that be enough? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all pads. The women are like, um, <laughs> I'm an adult woman. Okay. So the study showed that, quote, women care more about maintaining relationships than men, meaning that following a violation in trust, women are less likely to lose trust in the transgressor and more likely to repair the eh. relationship. Actually. Eh. Doesn't apply to a man. Josh, um, actually, that's inaccurate. <laughs> Going to do my best to play a straight I problematic man. Oh, my God, yes. I feel like if if I... If you cross me in the area of trust, you kind of only get one shot with me. But it also takes a really, really long, like, really bad thing to make me not trust you. Like, Let's we all remember lie. these are statistics. I know. I'm and treating we'll you get, like a Cosmo quiz. We'll get to lying. Okay. Well, there's a lot of fodder for you. But if you do something to truly break my trust, I'm probably, I could be nice to you, but I'm probably not going to ever trust you or like, 
mm-hmm. not have some internal private boundaries with you ever again. You've got a, you've got internal boundaries, and I respect that. I do. I don't have to tell yeah. you what they are. They just you, exist. You can play nice mm-hmm. to someone's face. <laughs> Josh. I've never seen her do that. I've I've kind, yeah, no. I kind of do the same thing, though, because I hate confrontation. True. So I would rather just inwardly be like, okay, either I'm only letting you get so far or I'm fully opening myself up to get hurt again just yeah. to avoid confrontation. Yeah. I'm a cancer. It's fine. <laughs> Following a trust violation, trust substantially declined for both male and female participants. However, women are more likely to trust the counterpart following a violation than men, with 22% of women displaying trusting behaviors versus only 9% of men. So we kind of get over it a little bit faster. I feel like in a very, very binary cishet context, if you think about like, if a woman cheats on the man, the man is going to have a really hard time staying in that relationship, whereas a woman is more likely to forgive a man for cheating there's and stay of, in the relationship. There's a lot that's of kind ego, of what that, I think. Yeah, that's kind of how that reads to me. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll get into some more of the like deeper reasons. Transgressions. The reasons behind why these things might be true. Oh. Again, on a statistical level. Cool. Women are more likely to trust their counterpart following repeated trust violations than men, with 66% of women displaying trusting behaviors versus only 48% of men. So if you're if you're likely to forgive someone after the first transgression, you're likely to continue to forgive them. Yes, after that's why multiple. these percentages are higher than the first ones that I just Makes read. Makes sense. Okay. So it's the but women's still, fault. <laughs> women tend to be more trusting after a fuck up than men in general. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. If okay. I'm a woman, if I'm a shame woman, on me shame again. on you again. <laughs> we'll be eight times. So men and women do not differ in their initial trust of a business counterpart. However, after the counterpart commits a trust violation and then apologizes, women are significantly more trusting than men in the exact same scenario. I still don't trust these women that I'm in business with. Not Absolutely a not. bit. Not as far as I can throw them. And nope. with my upper body strength, that ain't far. It's not far. Concern for preserving relationships causes women to be more willing than men to maintain trust following a betrayal. So we really want to keep our relationships together. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Well, whatever. community is a survival, you know, I don't want to call it a mechanism because it's important. But should go across the whole board. But again, we'll get to some of the reasons why this might happen. The authors argue that these findings about women's comparatively resilient trust may reveal how women are disadvantaged in workplaces where their tendency to trust others after violations occur may make them appear gullible or like manipulative, like all sorts Mm. of things. And also may reveal how women can thrive in collaborative workplaces where trust is an asset. So once it's more egalitarian, mm-hmm. maybe women do better. Women can excel a little bit more women than these hierarchical, women. you know, the board is made up of all men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It makes sense. It does make sense. And it makes sense how exploitable that is or the, the trope of like women being seen as weak in business where it's mm-hmm. like, it's not weakness. It's like a sense of community and trust that actually allows, you know, women to like thrive in those environments rather yeah. than. It's actually huh. collaborative. Go yeah. Figure. 
Well, actually, cool. I was just listening to You're Wrong About. They did an episode on alpha males. That show is so good. And they were that saying alphas in nature are more likely to be females because it's not about dominance. It's yep. about making sure everyone's been fed and everyone is safe. And if someone's out of control, we nurture them back into control. So mm-hmm. there like you have it. Yeah, like the leader of the community. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is what a true alpha is, which is super collaborative and symbiotic, a relationship. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Mm. I like that if alpha dudes, like the way that we understand them now, were weighing in on this conversation, they would not agree with that. Well, no, because their entire personality is a construct based right. on fear and an inability to manage their emotions. <laughs> just that? <laughs> just, just that? I love having you on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Joe Rogan's listening. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's sure our, he is. He's yeah. our number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> he tweeted me the other day. He didn't. I texted if, him just now. Yeah, we text. It was just like a grainy dick pic. Yeah, it's a grainy dick pic. And then I it's have. It's a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox. <laughs> it's a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox of a picture of something they used to have to eat on Fear Factor with a grainy dick in the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need something to like, you know, show measurement for and scale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh God, it's Colorado oysters for scale, <laughs> or Rocky Mountain oysters. It's a snake for scale. It's a snake for <laughs> it with it. scales. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay, that was so, really good, Amanda. As you pointed out earlier, it is just a fact that everyone lies, regardless of gender. We're all yep. liars. But Just the, lie. It's what I always do. Exactly. The real issue here isn't whether or not you lie. It's whether the liar is believed or not. That's and there are also like is. white lies versus like, you know, harmful lies, like consequential yeah. lies. Right. Like cheating on your spouse when you're not in like a polyamorous or, you know, Open, cheating really, implies yeah. that it's adultery and not like consented to. Right. So in 2010, the Journal of Language and Social Psychology published findings regarding a self-reporting survey. Self-reporting, not ideal, but they Mm -hmm. did have a huge pool to get information from of how often people lie. So this study found that, quote, people perceive women to lie less than men and that they perceive men and women to tell different kinds of lies. Okay. Okay. It also showed that men and women both admit to fibbing in 20 to 35% of their social interactions. Easily. Easily. (laughs) You know how how many people's outfits we've said look great or kids we said were cute? How are you? I'm great. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'd argue that that's a low figure considering yeah. <laughs> what falls under the umbrella of like the white lie. It's it's pleasantries. All pleasantries are white lies. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And pleasantries are the f- like foremost foundation of 90% of of, of communications. Communication. Yeah. <laughs> so 75%. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe that's a lie. But well, you know. Okay, so fibbing I don't know, fibbing and lying, I feel like, are two different things, too. But let's not split hairs here. These are the numbers that they came up with. We're not the scientists. They were the scientists. They've also shown that men tell and are told more self-lies. So self-lies are those that benefit the liar, whereas women tell and are told more other lies, which are those contrived for the benefit of others. 
Oh, okay. So, so the difference isn't about whether you're lying about yourself. The difference is about whether you're lying for self gain or to, for like community gain. Yes, to benefit yourself or to just make someone else feel not bad. So okay. here's an example. So a woman is more likely to say something like, oh, you have a zit? I can't even see it. Whereas a man can would, see be, it, honey. would be more likely to lie and say, <laughs> That woman, I've never seen her before in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And these are examples from the article. (laughs) Very gendered. The zit lie, though, that is like, that's a classic. Oh, okay. So like the the woman, the I've never seen that woman before lie could also just to reframe it, just be like, oh, I only stopped for one beer on my way home. Right. I really had six. It's like you're not lying for anyone else's behalf. It's for your own self-preservation. Like I wasn't having sex with her. I was boofing with Jeremy. Oh. (laughs) I wasn't soliciting him. I have a wide stance. Yes, exactly. The wide stance. Wide stance. Okay. There's also more in this article about how a person lies. So like if they wait too long to answer and then their answer is spoken more rapidly than the question being asked. So if they take a pause. Indicative of a lie. Yeah, because basically it's more suspicious they thought it through. The, the, this kind of timing suggests that you're about to tell an unplanned lie that you're making up on the fly, and then speaking rapidly indicates nervousness. Oh, yep. Yeah, okay. The gist of that analysis is that it's more suspicious when a man tells a self-serving lie in a delayed or quick way than any of these other possibilities. Okay. Whether it's a woman telling either type of lie, how or like how, wh- however she tells it. Basically, men aren't getting away with jack shit yep. is what okay. the gist of that is. <laughs> men are bad liars. <laughs> men are bad. Mm, yeah. Liars. <laughs> Professor Marilyn Boltz thinks that, quote, people were less likely to believe that the woman was lying, especially for her own benefit because of how men and women are taught to play their respective gender roles. Beginning at a young age, males are encouraged to boast about their abilities and assert themselves the, themselves over others. It's peacocking. Mm-hmm. In the context of adult conversation, accounts of one-upmanship are common and provide a means for establishing one's dominance and status. Women, on the other hand, are encouraged to be more modest in their self-presentation and are taught the importance of intimacy and developing connections with others. Hmm. So that gives us a little bit of insight about how trustworthy like women can be, let's mm-hmm. say in regards to covering up a crime. Oh, for example. Let's say. <laughs> but how, but would a woman really be like helpful in this context? Because there's a lot, there are a lot more aspects of somebody who you'd want being your partner in crime than just whether you can trust, trust them. them. Right, right. Certain abilities, connections. Yeah. So would a woman be more helpful in this context? Evidence says probably yes. So this is from Psychology Today. And there are a lot of numbers and like variables in terms of like science-y studies and statistics terms that I I love a scientific probably yes. Yes. I'm ready. But I'm not going to list all of those specifics. It does give more insight into what I'm reading, but I'm not. Whatever. It's, if you're that, that curious, go look up this. So yeah, we should just article. trust what a woman is telling us. Exactly. Because oh, okay. I'm trustworthy. Yeah. Eh. 
<laughs> Josh, are you choosing not to trust while I choose to trust, or should we switch it up and skew the skew the stats? Well, no, I'm here to play a man, remember? So I'm just right. Yeah, okay. I can't. Also, well, I'm, it's you. I can't trust you can't because trust you're you. women and you don't know anything. Got it. Got it. Okay. Perfect. Any of blue hair? My God, how bad could your judgment be? Trust you because you're women and you don't know anything. <laughs> it's also it is a thousand degrees in here, so sorry to the five dollar patrons. No, I'm slowly melting. My pants will be off in no time. That's not I why you're wait. sweating. You're sweating because the women are coming for you now. <laughs> the know nothing women. We have a we have a largely female audience so and i oh. hope they know I, oh i guess they don't know me beyond the scope of my show i hate you, men so you uh, we're in good company him, you can email him directly at josh at ouramericana.com you can do that josh goes missing blames it on his real keys classic classic god okay so stay away from barn houses okay Girls and women are more likely to engage in pro-social behaviors than boys and men, boys yep. to men. Generally, these sex differences are small to moderate in size, so not like a huge difference. For instance, girls are more kind and considerate than boys. They're more comforting to others, more helpful to others, and are Cuter. more likely to we share donate, to share or donate to others. We have fewer cooties. Ew. Okay, so like what Josh <laughs> <Ew>. said. <laughs> <laughs> the alpha, That's the, thing. the alpha role would be more likely to go to a female because she is willing to share, yeah, with everybody else and yeah. be more helpful and more comforting and nicer. Yeah, and, and what's good for the goose is good for the gander. What's yeah, good for the wolf is good for the wolf pack. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Where do you get these things? I don't know, but I'm really high. <laughs> okay, I'm going to speed through so you can have your moment and go to bed. I don't know who I am. <laughs> so women are also significantly more likely than men to give to charities, whether medical research, animals, storms, whatever, blah, blah, blah. With sex difference, not, sex difference not being due to background factors such as age and income, things like that. They did account for that. The same pattern yeah. holds when looking separately at single people and married or cohabitating people. For single people, 90% of women give more than the average man. Oh, in yeah. Charitable, altruistic. 90%. I'm not surprised, but like, I'm not surprised on my either. own anecdotal, anecdotal evidence. I'm surprised that th these were the scientific findings. I'm not surprised by it either. And you're saying that's that's 90% in single households. That's what you're saying? Uh, or for both, single across the board. Single, for single, single people. For single people. Because I would I would love to see the stats for, well, I guess for married or cohabitated couples. Because I also know that in terms of like gender roles, it's actually very traditional for the man, the cis man, to be the main breadwinner but the woman to manage the finances for the household because the woman is doing like the shopping, everything the cooking. else in the fucking household. But yeah, basically. So I'd be curious where like altruistic giving would fall in a household where the woman traditionally is running the finances versus where the man is running the finances, how much altruistic giving. But I imagine that it would, so a lot of that data probably transfers. 
Well, and it just goes back to what this whole thing is predicated on, which is men are wealth building and looking out for themselves and women are trying to take care of their community. Right. Yep. Josh yep. just boiled down my notes into one coherent sentence. And Great. I love I it. Love it. <laughs> and I'm here to back it up because I have a little bit more to go. <laughs> sorry. That's okay. Yeah, don't, no. You boil don't it down. Be I sorry. love it. <laughs> oh, no. I'm doing don't. a bad job of playing a guy. I'm not supposed to apologize. Yeah, you're right. You're oh, really yeah, fucking don't. this up, Josh. <laughs> be a man. Go back to work. Get a job. Josh must be swift as a coursing river. (laughs) (laughs) Though the strength of a great taboo. He's like uh, (laughs) something about about cutting Jim. Then she goes, "Oh, oh, they must be boys through me for cutting Jim." Hope What's he doesn't see it right through me. Hope he doesn't see it right through me. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Hope he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, in your like trilly high soprano. <laughs> Hope he doesn't see it right through me. <laughs> oh, honey. Okay. <laughs> oh we gotta God. have a rewatch of Mulan. We really do. <laughs> Josh, sometimes Scott and Amanda come down to my house and we just get high and watch Disney movies. And we <laughs> should come for the next. One. We call it going to the cabin. Like on a good weekend, we'll make it out for one drink at the saddle, but we're usually just doing face masks, coloring books, getting extremely high, watching old Disney movies, and creating the stupidest inside jokes that you could ever picture. Hope it doesn't Grandmother Willow. Grandmother Willow Willow provided a lot of fodder for the last time. Okay. Perhaps not unrelatedly, women and girls are primarily responsible for child rearing in most cultures. Mm -hmm. Survival, baby. This goes without saying, but to back it up a little bit, in an analysis of the standard cross-cultural sample, so this consists of 186 cultures selected to fairly represent pre-industrial human cultures... Dang. A 1977 study found that mothers and their female relatives are responsible for most child rearing, uh-huh. with fathers providing only about, and I want you to guess the percentage here. Both of you just guess how much an average fathers contribute to child, to caregiving to children. Nine. Uh, f- Fifteen. Six Jesus Christ. 6.0%. In the average? Yep. So that's like, wow, that's low. This is, again, the standard cross-cultural sample. This is 186 cultures. Wow. And this is designed to represent pre-industrial human cultures, but I can't imagine it's gotten much better. Much different now, yeah. I would love to know how that relates to like, America's percentage. I know. Oh, I have. Actually, I can tell you a little bit about that because I will talk about some statistics that get into. So, okay. So the bottom line is in more egalitarian cultures. So like Norway, Sweden, the United States, Canada, where we like it, we strive for the genders to be equal. Mm hmm then it is more likely for genders, and again, in this episode, in, in my section anyway, we're talking binary male, female, mm-hmm. for men to lean a little bit more heavily into their stereotypical 
roles Behavior. than yeah. for women, which is sort of weird. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. The, 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 we'll kind of get to that. But a couple other things. Women are statistically more empathetic than men because women can recognize negative facial expressions more quickly than men. Oh, and that's cool. So we have like a more acute sense for that? We're paying attention. Our brains are paying attention more to how other people are feeling. So okay. one so- reason, they think it's a neurological difference. For example, women appear to use more emotional brain areas where men use more reflective brain areas when engaging in empathy, emotion recognition, perspective taking, and affective responsiveness. I would just be curious to know if it's like correlation versus causation with that ability to notice like subtleties in facial expression as they pertain to emotion. Like, I wonder if that is an actual thing we could track in our DNA that's like an evolutionary trait or an enhancement. Mm -hmm. And that's like why we're statistically more empathetic or if we happen. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. That's fascinating to me that we can notice those facial expressions like on the binary, at least in this Mm -hmm. in these stats, like more acutely than men. That's really nuts. I think my mind is melting out of my head. (laughs) I don't think it's that surprising, it surprising. either, but no. given the fact that it's just really fucking cool. Women ninety-four like, percent really cool. raise children. We well, need to be yes. able to react to how children are feeling. That's a really good point. Uh, you're thinking of it from like a reproductive standpoint, and I'm thinking of it from a survival standpoint, where we have to be able to, in a lot of you know, common survival situations. Don't piss off an angry man. Yeah, like mm-hmm. read read the room, essentially read our predator to make sure we're not crossing lines that then could put us in danger or if we're already in danger to level mm-hmm. things out. Mm-hmm. Also, men <laughs> practicing <laughs> empathy through a reflective stance, does that basically mean... <laughs> I can only perceive your pain through the lens of my own pain. I oh, think so. Kinda, that, yeah. That's what yeah. I, it's very myopic. That is what I took it to mean. It didn't give a further explanation, but that's that's how I, that I took makes, it too. That makes 100%. sense. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in a very large meta-analysis of 65 samples, including more than 1 million people. M-m-m-million? M-m-million. Women tend to express higher levels of benevolence-related character strengths, such as kindness, love, and gratitude. Mm -hmm. Sex differences in kindness were found across all cultures, being the largest in the USA and the smallest in Israel. So this kind of goes back to these differences being demonstrated with greater disparities in countries that have a higher level of egalitarian, like, social structure. Okay. So the U.S. versus Israel. So, Got it. Yeah. Boys are meaner and girls are nicer in the U.S. than mm-hmm. in a country like Israel is what this is saying. Interesting. Hmm. Sex differences in kindness were found across ages, too, being the largest among children younger than 13 and smallest among 21 to 24-year-olds. So this is saying differences in kindness that young Children younger than 13, the boys are meaner and the girls are nicer. Hmm. And then the, that difference is smallest in men and women between ages 21 and 24. Weird. And then it starts growing again. Isn't that weird? Oh. Yeah, yeah, that is weird. All of this. Yeah. And then my, my most fascinating fact, 
when reasoning about morality, women have higher care reasoning morality, which means maintaining relationships, caring for others is morality, while men have higher justice reasoning. So justice and equal treatment is morality. Huh. Which, I mean, I- That tracks. It, it does track. And also, I have to say, if you have- Apple TV. I've been watching Five Days at Memorial. Ooh. Have either of you watched this? No, what no. is it? Oh my fucking god. It is about it's about a hospital. It's Memorial Hospital during Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans oh. or huh. surrounding area. And basically they have a lot of really critically ill patients, a lot of really old patients, people they can't transfer via helicopter. Mm-hmm. So it's still happening right now. Well, the, the the episodes are still being put out now, so I don't want to spoil anything. But basically, as is presented in the very first episode, and also has happened in real life, so it's not just a TV show, like dozens of people were found deceased in this hospital after it was evacuated. And then these forensic investigators discovered that they may or may not have been killed like, oh, some might say euthanized because they couldn't have oh. been evacuated. They yeah, didn't want they... them to suffer alone oh. in a hospital with no air or water. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. And, oh, my God. And as this show plays out, and I don't I can't say for sure this is the you know, it's an exact reflection of what happened in reality. But it seems like the the men, the male characters in this show are just like, no, that's wrong. This is how we have to do it. It's black and white. And the women are just like, no. You're letting people suffer. That is the ultimate morality issue. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. So I thought that that specific thing was really interesting, specifically because of that show, because I've been watching it lately and I highly recommend it. That's fascinating. Okay. Well, I'm starting it tonight. So it's really good. Yeah. Just a couple more things. Women are higher than men in agreeableness and other help-related personality traits across most cultures. Women also tend to score lower on antisocial dark triad personality traits. Yep. So as we yep. all know, the triad is Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy. So you might think you have a good grasp on men versus women, but at the very end, I got to throw one thing more at you. You In, just might be a redneck. <laughs> you just might be a redneck. I thought that's where this was going. <laughs> In repeated play prisoners' dilemma studies, in which women and men are paired with partners and given a chance to either cooperate for mutual benefit or defect and benefit only themselves across a series of scenarios, games. This is obviously more complicated than what I'm how I'm laying this out, but there is a rather distinctive pattern that you might be surprised about. Namely, men tend to cooperate pretty well with other men for their mutual benefit over time, (laughs) Danamora. Whereas Mm -hmm. women paired with other women or women and men paired together tend not to cooperate effectively over time. Their relationships can get complicated. Yeah, they might get a little too soft. Well, like it actually really makes a lot of sense because if we're building bonds over time, and then we're stuck in some, put in some fucked up situations with those same people that it's going to be harder for us to act in a, a way that would necessarily benefit the whole group. Dare I say a logical way? I don't yeah. want to imply that women aren't logical, but it there are certain scenarios where 
women are maybe a little bit too empathetic. Mm. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying across the board, obviously, but whatever. My last sentence, a meta-analysis of sex differences and cooperation came to a similar conclusion, finding overall male-male interactions are more cooperative than female-to-female interactions. Interesting. That hmm. makes a lot of sense, And actually. There are obviously pros and cons to both, like, viewpoints, to both <laughs> genders. <Yep>. There's <laughs> problematic shit all over the place. Yeah, but uh, in terms of women helping women, I think women are much more likely to help other women than... There you go. Yeah, I basically just threw a bunch of stats at you to... Uh, it's fascinating. Maybe. It yeah, it is. It's... Not none of it's really surprising, but it's interesting to see it compounded in in these statistical analytical ways. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Nice work. So I love shoes. I have a lot of shoes, but I also have kind of like weird feet, and <laughs> I get blisters so easily. I feel like it's really hard for me to find a comfortable shoe, especially a comfortable shoe that's going to be like bold and fun, which is me. That's mm-hmm. what I like. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to choose between comfort and style, you got to pick Rothy's. Their signature seamless knit designs mean all their shoes look and feel great right out of the box with no break in period. Like I have waited tables in Rothy's and yep. not gotten blisters. Travel. They're my go-to travel shoes. No joke. And transitioning from summer to fall is so easy with Rothy's shoes. With so many colors that work season after season, it's a no-brainer to wear a pair. I am so excited that fall is coming and I can wear my little my little boots, my little ankle boots from Rothy's. Oh my gosh, Rothy's has so many cute styles. I'm a loafer gal myself. Same, I love. Love their loafers in like an animal print. Mm-hmm. Hi, I can't get enough. But they also have the point, which is mm-hmm. like, if you want to look professional, that's that's, that's that's the point. That's the point. That's what yeah. you need. But like so many styles, there is something out there for everyone. Like Amanda said, they are unbelievably comfortable. These shoes are made out of recycled plastic water bottles. And you won't believe that because they're not. so soft and like flexible. Yes. They're like stretchy almost. They mm-hmm. are completely washable. If they start to get a little dirty, a little stanky, you just throw them in the washing machine and they come out good as new. It is mind-blowing. Yeah. I've also had my favorite pairs of Rothy's for like four plus years. Years. No, and they look brand new. Every time you wash them, they look brand new out of the box. It's unreal. Like, yeah. it doesn't make sense. What is this magic? It's ma- It's Bluetooth magic. Yeah. But on your feet. And every single time I wear my Rothy's out in public, like, The compliments, compliments. abound. Yes. <laughs> and you can see when other people are wearing Rothy's and that you just, like, have your own little, like, secret club and you're like oh yeah you know i know and you know and we know and it's the rothy's wave and the rothy's wink are very real things they really are they at the airport get on our level so get both style and comfort this summer with rothy's plus get 20 dollars off your first purchase at rothy's.com forward slash gals that's r-o-t-h-y-s dot com slash gals and treat your feet trade them It is so important to prioritize your mental health and wellness every single day because when you work on yourself, you'll start to see and feel positive changes in all areas of your life. It's a a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. 
The long-term effects of therapy can give you the tools to deal with challenges as they arise, strengthen your relationships, and give you a more optimistic outlook on life. And who doesn't need that? Mm-hmm. There is no better time to invest in yourself than right now. Yeah, and getting started is the most important part, and often it's the hardest part. And there's no need to wait until something goes wrong in your life to work with a therapist. Like, of course, Talkspace is also there to help with any specific challenge that you might be facing. If you're in crisis, Talkspace can be an incredible resource. It is the number one online therapy platform and has thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, check, Mm -hmm. depression, check, Check. relationships, check, more, check. check. Your therapist can help you set and achieve your goals. And it's honestly so convenient. Like you just have it in your pocket at all times. It's It's millennial approved. It's millennial approved. It's where you are when you are. And then you can just like message or leave a voice memo for your therapist and they will get back to you during their office hours. It's so speedy and so amazing. And instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send text message like and voice memos to your therapist to just get the issues that you're dealing with out in real time Mm -hmm. and then get a response really quickly. It's amazing. And it's so secure. Talkspace is secure and private. They use the latest end-to-end bank-grade encryption technology to store client information, and they comply with the latest HIPAA regulations. So you got this. As a listener of this podcast, you will get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code GALS, G-A-L-S, to get $100 off your first month and show your support for this show. That's GALS and Talkspace.com. And treat your brain. Treat it. Are you ready for my case? Always. Flash number. Also, Kenyon wrote these notes, so that's probably really fucking dark If you thought having guests on meant you'd be saved from the darkness that is Kenyon's very soul. You're wrong. You were mistaken. I will say, I was like, because we had talked about doing this at some other time. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't wait to pick out a case. And then I got assigned one and it was written by Kenyon and it's dark. Yep. (laughs) Perfect. Great. I'm also like reading these notes and I'm like. Many times as you want. <laughs> like no one talks like this, Kenyon. She certainly doesn't. Like, did she think like a professor was going to be reading this? <laughs> I don't know. She must have been just really excited about you being on the show. <laughs> Kenyon's curating the notes per guest. No, I, this isn't true. <laughs> but who knows? Well, oh, I'm excited. Bring us, bring us in. Well, this whole case, which I just learned about mere minutes ago, like tax onto everything Lucy just said. Perfect. And also, like, apart from (laughs) the absolute patriarchal nature of, like, how we got to where we are, screams 1950s America. Like, it's a a good family-owned business story. It's, like, got the spirit of entrepreneurialism. So it's uh, fun. And I think, Amanda, you're going to like a lot of the women in this. Okay. (laughs) It's 17th century Italy. Yes. (laughs) Oh, of course. Of course, Kenyon wrote this fucking case. <laughs> <laughs> Women have like no opportunity, so it's a lot like 21st century America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and their choices, <laughs> I just, this is how she wrote it. Their choices could basically be simplified thusly. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> what a nerd. No, Kenyon wrote this. This yeah. is yeah. so how Kenyon writes her notes. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So they could marry and risk being abused at the hands of their husbands, or they could remain single, which basically meant they were going to be sex workers. Got it. Mm -hmm. And the best situation a woman could find herself in is if she got married and then her husband died. Yep. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. The wife did it. <laughs> so among the wealthier class, this meant that financial security and respectability of being a married woman without having to fear abuse because your husband was dead. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> this eventually led to like a, <laughs> in Kenyon's terms, a criminal magical underworld. Okay. Uh, that provided women the means to bring this situation upon themselves. Oh, <laughs> hell All right. yes. Witchcraft. I'm here for this. Yes. <laughs> I'm here for this network of witches that will make your husband mysteriously die so that you won't be abused anymore. I would join yeah. that coven. Yeah. So it starts with Julia Tofana, uh, who we don't know a bunch about her earlier life, but it's believed that she was born in Palermo and that her mother was, and I'm going to butcher almost every name in the story. I love it. Tofania Diadamo. Oh, beautiful. Who had been accused of poisoning her husband with an arsenic concoction that she named Aqua Tofana, which sounds like, I don't, like a, a, Aquafina. Yeah, or like a gay Italian lube. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it super does. Also, Amanda, did you I cover only her? Use Aqua Tofana. <laughs> Did you cover Aqua Tofana in a drunk dive a while back? I feel like I may have. You did. Covered her. Okay. You well, did. But, but I love that that was her fucking mother. <laughs> yeah, that's phenomenal. Connect- the red string is just going yeah, around the map. We have three of them now. <laughs> yes. So Mama Tofana was executed on, <laughs> on July 12th. Oh. Of 1633, uh, and Julia would have been 13 when this happened. But her secrets didn't die with her because yes. apparently Mama Tofana passed on her allrecipes.com <laughs> down to Julia, hopefully with less story writing. Legally, I can't talk shit about allrecipes.com. <laughs> <laughs> And Julia took on the family business and started following in her mother's footsteps and using Aqua Tofana to spread widowhood around the Naples region of Italy. Yes. I think it sounds like a Walgreens brand of cologne, personally. Yeah, I love it. Aqua Tofana. I mean, can it be both? We ha- I, it reminds I, me of that ouch, water. And yes. That, <laughs> it reminds me of the water you can get at fancy restaurants that only come in those glass bottles called Aqua Pana, the Italian water. Oh, I've never even heard of it. That's how They're really poor good. I am. They're water. <laughs> well, how poor you are. Poor. I just Hit drink Pellegrino. <laughs> okay, Josh. Oh. <laughs> I'm a tap gal and we know it. Okay, I have the parasites to back it up. I'm a water so- from the fridge gal, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure is tap water. Yeah. And lead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Soon with less lead. <laughs> so soon. Uh, Not now. Less. Soon with less lead. So Julia gets married because that's just what you do, but that marriage did not last long. Her husband died very shortly thereafter. Oops. Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he that lived the long goal? enough. Yeah. <laughs> To uh, to give Julia a daughter, Girolama Spara, I guess. Okay. 
Okay, Gigi. And so they move to Rome, and Julia is rumored to have set up a poisoning ring that yep. served women. <laughs> yep. It's not a drug I... ring. It's not a gambling ring. It's a poisoning <laughs> ring. Yep. I'm here. I am here for this. I would join this poisoning ring so fast. Yes. <laughs> so she's basically finding, and I love the dichotomy here. Women who were abused or just in unhappy marriages. And there it is. <laughs> giving them <laughs> her recipe to kill yep. their husbands. Get out. Hey, Get out they want out. They want out. Yep. Here's what the reason is. Mm-hmm. So it was run out of an apothecary uh, that Julia had set up. And by the 1950s, as many as six. Wait, wait 1950s? This 1650s. Is a, yeah. So. Kenyon, less time on the thusly and more time mm. on, like, getting dates right. <laughs> on the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll change it. And so oh. by the 1650s, as many as six women were working for her, including her daughter, yes. who was still young at this point. Well, GG. It was the 50s. <laughs> the 1650s. And they were allegedly- I worked for my mom in the 50s, and let me tell you, girl, it was <laughs> crazy. <laughs> We were involved in a poisoning ring. ring? <laughs> I was like 13. I don't know. I wasn't allowed to touch anything, but whatever. <laughs> so allegedly they had the help from a sympathetic priest uh, doing this, which I guess. Never trust a sympathetic priest. <laughs> Better poisoning than molesting. <laughs> so <laughs> oh. everyone thought it was a cosmetic shop that she was running. Well, right. <laughs> right. I yeah, then all the men would leave her alone. Get yeah, off her totally. dick. God. It's just a Lancome. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of really beige powders. As soon as you can tell me what exactly mascara is, is? then I'll let yeah. you in. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like to believe that, like, that's what Lancome is today. Like it's just it's, like it's, it's a poison ring. It's the cover it's just for to a confuse ring. men into staying away. <laughs> so the store had a bunch of powders and liquids. There you that, go. That they claimed it's would increase a woman's beauty. It's yeah, just powders, liquids. Don't worry about it. Don't like, worry about it. They make you hot. They make you hot. Don't worry about I'm it. I'm sorry I keep derailing oh. us, but have you guys seen the SNL skit of, you know, the Japanese show of the little kids who go on errands? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Where they send a man out of house. It's a long-term boyfriend. It's okay. the next most vulnerable, like, subsect of society. And she sends... And uh, J Kimmy's sending him to Sephora, which he thinks is pronounced Sephoria, like the HBO show, so Euphoria. Euphoria. And he ends up coming home with a blush palette for black women. And it's a white lady who sent him out for liquid eyeliner. And instead of getting two shallots, he gets two 10 pounds of onions. <laughs> and she's like, good job. We have to talk. That's perfect. <laughs> But I do love this because I'm sure every man was like, oh, yeah, that store makes you pretty. You should definitely go you buy go some there. of our stuff. <laughs> here, here, here's, here's 30 bucks. 30 bucks. Please please okay. That'll get me through the line to check out. Because they send you through the line with all the mini shit. I know. It's at least 30 bucks. 
I threw. I a... love the idea of the men being like, "Yes, by all means, please." We could really use you putting yourself up. <laughs> and they're just getting murdered. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Okay, I love it. Which apparently she was selling beauty products, but her yeah, best. Okay. <laughs> Her best okay, selling product, yeah, okay. was Aquatofa. She's a goop. <laughs> it's a lush. <laughs> it's goop kind. Drinking so, water store. Aquatofada was labeled Mana of Saint Nicholas of Bari, and mm. apparently the bottle claimed that it would diminish the appearance of blemishes. Sign me up. Uh, yes, I'll take a hundred <laughs> bottles, please. But it was actually a mixture of, and I love this because, like, she was not lazy. She did not phone this in. It's a mixture of lead, arsenic, Ooh. and belladonna. Oh, the big three. It's like the no triad, room for if error. You will. <laughs> no room for error. Bare minimum, I've got you going insane, but I think you'll be dead within moments of drinking that. Is belladonna a, a good smelling? What is belladonna? Have you it's not herb. seen Practical yeah, Magic? Yes, it's, it's what they use in Practical Magic, and you oh, can okay. you can get it. You it's a it's a plant. <laughs> it's not hard to like. It's a common poisonous plant. All poisons are fairly common. Okay, got yeah. it. So she here's, she wasn't here's missing anything. No, here's where it gets dark though, and no. Kenya just has these in parentheses. Oh, the dark afterthought. <laughs> Kenyon's superhero villain name would be the dark afterthought. Dark <laughs> parenthetical. <laughs> Which in itself was dark not even necessarily suspicious because women's cosmetics at the time contained a range of toxic ingredients. Okay, that was Kenyan. totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever, so, everybody's lipstick was toxic. It was the 50s. I want the dark <laughs> parenthetical to be Kenyon's villain name. I'm writing it down. Please write it down. <laughs> but again, the beauty of it is the men that they were sending their wives to yeah. slowly poison themselves. Right. It's like, JK, bitch. <laughs> <sighs> but the women of Rome knew that Aqua Tofana was not meant to be used as a face cream. Yep. And thus, poisoning ring. Yes. So Julia's poison was colorless and tasteless and was meant to be administered in multiple doses. Mm -hmm. The first dose would cause extreme physical weakness. Perfect. Check. Check. Second, <laughs> second is stomach pains and vomiting. Check. Wait, but like actually check. Was hospitalized you? She for was this. literally hospitalized last week. <laughs> for stomach pain and vomiting. Well, well I've okay, got bad well, news. Oh, God. <laughs> got it's that. lead, arsenic, and whatever. And Belladonna. <laughs> Belladonna. Wolf's Bane. Your chart. <laughs> Wolf's Bane. <laughs> in my chart. <laughs> and then the third dose would kill you. Um, although sometimes oh, a four. <laughs> sometimes it took four doses for the bigger men, I guess. Um, <laughs> the poisoning administered a sudden illness so well that foul play was almost never suspected. Um, and it also wow. gave the poisoning victims time to get their fares in order. Oh, my, because it made them sick first. <laughs> yeah. 
oh my God. And then it's super believable because it's like, oh my gosh, she was nursing her sick husband back to, oh my God, he died. He was and so it's sick. like, he's like, Full I might proof. be dying. And what is my dumb wife going to do when I'm dead? I better I make better sure. sign it all over. Yeah. Oh my God, this is genius. What a time to be alive. And we have the recipe. what I would have done. <laughs> I would have been at the apothecary the day after my wedding. Being like, Bill, honey, I need for, I need I need 20 bucks. I want to go down to the apothecary. I something for my Rihanna under eye just bags. came out with a new um Rihanna gel. Just, I need it. Rihanna just came out with an aquafina gel and I need it. It gets better. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Aquatofana was undetectable after death. Thank so there was God. no way to ever suspect that these were unavoidable tragedies. Yes, uh, this, this is the bitch. Best, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so a magazine called Chambers' Journal published a piece in 1890 about the legacy of Julia's poison, which described which described how Kenyon. Um <laughs> <laughs> to save her fair fame, the wife would demand a post-mortem examination. Result? Nothing. Except that the woman was able to pose as a slandered innocent, and then it would be remembered that her husband died without either pain, inflammation, fever, or spasms. If after this, the woman within a year or two formed a new connection, no one could blame her. A new oh! connection. It's perfect. But like at a certain point, were they like, Man, Julia's husband came to hang of the same thing. <laughs> well, it's, it's that's 1600s. where it's like we can't give up or give in to our greed. You can't just go marrying and killing and marrying and killing over and over again because you're going to get caught and you're going to ruin it for the rest of the the ladies benefiting from us. the poisoning ring. Yeah, you're going to ruin <laughs> it for us. Melania. So maybe choose. Yeah, Melania. you're ruining it for us, Melania. <laughs> So maybe after you're a widow, you stay a widow and just fuck. How about that? Um, I love that for Melania. Don't love it for 1600s because that's not how that would have happened. Well, <laughs> also, I feel like so, people died all the fucking time. Yeah, that's it's true. true. They probably would have been like, meh, go to the next town over. No one's ever heard of you. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days. You could go two miles over. <laughs> she yeah. lives two trailers, two trailers over. <laughs> Don't listen to her. She lives two trailers <laughs> over. But I guess also because men are men, they were like, well, why would these women kill their husbands? It's their only oh, form of livelihood. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, men. We figured it out. We're good. <laughs> but Julia did practice discretion. She only sold Aquatufana to people she knew personally or whose discretion could be vouched for. They were vetted. And only Julia could vet. Unfortunately, <laughs> this system wasn't foolproof. Great. <laughs> she got greedy. So one vouched for client, a young woman who mixed a few drops of Aquatofana into her husband's soup, panicked and desperately begged him not to eat it. Oh, come on. She got soft. <laughs> she got soft. <laughs> and the husband, of course, was suspicious. <laughs> And then abused her until she revealed her entire story. Oh, my God, honey. You should have just <laughs> let him fucking eat it. Oh, 
Like, talk God. about proving a point. No, <laughs> oh, my God. She deigned to save her husband so he could live to beat oh, her up another no. day. God. Abuse? Yes, all men. It's real. God. So she squealed. He turned her over to authorities who further tortured her until <gasps> she gave the names of Juliana oh. and her accomplices. And oh, I'm laughing shit. only because it's deeply uncomfortable. It's really right. uncomfortable and sad. <laughs> oh. oh. Julia was tipped off, though, so she fled to the church and her sympathetic priest and was granted sanctuary. However, the story that she was a prolific poisoner was spreading all over Rome, and when a rumor started that she had used aqua tofana to poison the water supply of the entire city... Yeah, <laughs> You'll all go down! <laughs> you. the church... How's that water taste in there? <laughs> Those black-eyed peas. (laughs) (laughs) The Popo stormed the church, and she was arrested. She was then brutally tortured by police. Oh, my God. Julia. The silver lining is in her confession. She confessed to killing over 600 men. Yes! (laughs) In 18 years. Good for her. Listen. And that, that was just in legacy. Rome. Oh, that <laughs> was just in Rome. <laughs> and that, she yeah, hadn't that doesn't only accommodate. lived in Rome. No. Yeah, you know there were satellite locations in that ring. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, it was so. basically an MLM. I We are gleeful only because presumably these men are horrible abusers. Yeah, we're just gonna make ourselves feel better. To which I say, they all fuck them all. Bye. <laughs> I mean, if there's a moral to this entire episode, it's that all men. Yes, Yes, all all men, men. including Josh. (laughs) Gotcha. I'm gay, though. (laughs) I'm only half toxic. Um, Fair enough. (laughs) Half toxic. You're also not a man. You're a guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're right. We set this up. (laughs) He was just a boy. (laughs) But if you're under 13, you're significantly meaner. Said girls. <laughs> See, so I'm a 40 year old boy, which means I'm not as mean as young boys. Yeah, but you're not okay. as Just nice as 21 to 24 Let's year old boys. Let's not talk about young boys. Let's not talk about young boys. Look over here. Look over there. Let's not talk about young boys. <laughs> so here's another dark parenthetical. Uh, oh, God. Her confession, however, is not entirely reliable because it was obtained under duress. She aimed low. Came low. Kenyon equals the dark parenthetical. Parenthetical. She aimed low with 600 to keep herself from getting in more trouble. Holy shit. But even if it's close to true, it would make her one of the deadliest assassins in history. I'm obsessed with her. Well... Well, she's she was executed in 1659 <laughs> alongside her daughter. Oh <laughs> no! And several she was just of her pushing papers. She couldn't I, touch anything. Is <laughs> that her fault? I don't know. Well, I mean, I think just because the recipe had been passed down from generation to generation. And I'll never have that recipe again. <laughs> Hope it doesn't read right through me. Hope it doesn't see right through me. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Okay. I sing a lot when I'm high. (laughs) So dozens of her associates were also executed, as were 
dozens of just lower class women because oh, they great. were suspected of having been customers. Jesus great. Christ. <laughs> Okay. They had a point. It turns out. <laughs> Son of a she re- bitch. They really blew it. That one squealing narc really blew it for the rest of us. God we had a damn. good fucking thing going here, bitch. They really we did. We had a good thing going. They could have taken over the empire. God. And then upper class women were also suspected of participating, but they were merely banished or imprisoned. Right. Oh. Okay. Weird. That's so weird. It's like justice eludes the wealthy or it's like Hmm. something like that. That's weird. Yeah. Lessons to be learned from the 17th century, I guess. There is a slight chance that Juliana died peacefully in her sleep, but I don't think that's probably. I don't. I I doubt it. Despite the fuzziness of the details, her story has lived on for centuries. Julia Tofana is believed to have been the inspiration for a woman named Madame de Brinvillers, who was executed, along with 35 others, for poisoning multiple people in the inner circle of King Louis XIV. Yes. Which is a scandal known as the Affair of the Poisons. Just to Uh, kind of keep up Kenyon's air of Kenyanness. I will say that she would have pronounced it Madame de Brinvillers. <laughs> <laughs> and King Louis? <laughs> Louis XIV. <laughs> XIV and XIV? That's, that's how you what say that, that's scandal? what XIV means. Yes. Known as the affair. De la poisson. That's, that's late, the fish, but yes. As 1791, <laughs> one final asshole was trying to blame his wife for Aqua Tofana, oh, which God. was Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. <laughs> Wolfgang. How could you, Wolfgang? Uh, <laughs> On his deathbed Wolfgang, declared. I'll tell you. I'll t- how could you? <laughs> I am sure I am being poisoned. I cannot. He said this on his deck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a dick. I know. I cannot rid myself of this idea. Someone has given me aqua tofana and calculi- <laughs> calculated this precise time of my death. Okay, someone okay. was too okay. into TMZ. <laughs> Good lord. I would just be like. Pillow. <laughs> like, okay, it's 150 years later. Get over also, yourself. I don't know his marital status, but if it's Aqua Tofana, I feel like that's someone he's accusing is his wife. Yeah. Mozart exactly. wife. I'm pretty sure he wasn't married. Mozart's wife. Oh, yep. Constanze Mozart. J'accuse. <laughs> Wow. Oh, but she divorced him. She and Mozart had six children together. Ish. Only two survived. Wow. Okay. Anyway, moving on. It wasn't her and it wasn't Aqua Tafana. Great job, Josh. That was a wonderful case. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Josh. Good job. (laughs) But actually, great job. 
Jesus. That was amazing. Jesus. I did my best with the material I was given. <laughs> you did a great job. You delivered. We appreciate you. You delivered. You delivered. All right, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors and then finish up with whatever. I, You guys, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just, we'll get to it. <laughs> it can be real hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel when you have high interest debt. Yes, in there. It is a long, dark tunnel. Am there sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes it can be even harder to ask for help, and that is where Upstart comes in. Upstart-powered personal loans can help you pay down high-interest debt all online with simple and easy-to-understand payment terms. Upstart has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path to financial freedom. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. And who doesn't want that? Mm -hmm. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score, so rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart's model considers other factors like your income, employment, and other information provided in your loan application to find you a smarter rate for your loan you can check your rate in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000 without Woo! impacting your credit score. Amazing. Again, who doesn't want that? Mm -hmm. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. It's amazing. So don't wait and check your rate today at upstart.com slash gals. That's upstart.com slash gals to check your rate today. And don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. So go to upstart.com slash gals and treat your debt. Treat it. I have tried everything to get silky, strong, healthy hair. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Everything. I've purchased it. I've poured egg whites on it. I've <laughs> rubbed avocado into it. I've concocted it. I've conjured it. I've prayed on it. <laughs> So if you are tired of those ineffective hair treatments and are hungry to try something that actually works, give Vegamore a try like we did. Yes, Vegamore has transformed our hair. Their clean and vegan approach to hair health uses smart botanicals that promote visibly thicker, fuller, more luxurious, mm -hmm. longer looking hair. Like, I like my hair now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> With help from Vegamore, get healthy, beautiful-looking hair without the use of harmful chemicals. All of their products are cruelty-free and never contain potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. And might I add, it smells amazing. Yeah, it really does. It's everything I... you want in a shampoo and condition. Yeah. Vegamore has something for everyone looking to improve their hair health. Their Grow Revitalizing Shampoo and Conditioner Kit work together to create visibly thicker hair and improve hair from the roots to the tips. Mm -hmm. You just massage the shampoo into your scalp for 60 seconds, and then you follow up with the conditioner on the lengths and ends. It is as simple as that. I like to use this, like, rubber, mm -hmm. this rubber mitt with, like, these nice soft teeth, and it's yeah. just like a, it's a massage on your scalp. Yeah, that comb so is good. amazing. It's, it, I feel like I'm in a spa. I'm like getting mm -hmm. a treatment. Yep. I absolutely love it. Having Vegamore as my go-to shampoo and conditioner is a game changer for my overall hair health. I also love their serum mm -hmm. because I have kind of a, a little bit of a, 
a weird hairline. I've got some a little receding, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. I've always yeah. had it. I put the I put the serum on my little patches, mm-hmm. and I've noticed like more hair growing there. It's not as obvious. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, it, it, I'm a big fan of the the eyelash growing yes, serum. Yes, the eyebrow mm-hmm. and the eyelash serums. So good. Yeah. I don't need help with my my brows, but my lashes, <laughs> they need help. I do, and I love yeah. it. <laughs> with Vegamore, there is no risk when trying because they have a 90-day money-back guarantee, but with 91% of customers saying they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months, you're you're not going to want to run out. You're going to want to check this out for sure. Mm-hmm. So give your hair exactly what it's been craving with Vegamore. Go to vegamore.com slash gals and use that code gals to save 20% on your first order. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash gals, code gals to save 20% on your first order and treat your hair. Treat it. If you're ready for my case, then we're ready, I guess. I'm ready, I guess. (laughs) So high. Okay. (laughs) I went down two different roads on this. First, I looked up female sabotage because I wanted it to be like women helping women. (laughs) But like where they're actually stabbing each other in the back more commonly. Mm -hmm. So I looked up, I literally Googled, quote, female sabotage and found that this is actually an evolutionary theory and thought the Wikipedia page about it was really interesting. So I'm going to start with just some background and psych of my own. Female sabotage. On female sabotage. So, quote, soon after Charles Darwin published his theory of natural selection, he was faced with a puzzle. If natural selection suggests survival of the fittest, then why do some males have traits that detract from their survival? Because they're dumb. Because they're stupid. (laughs) It's their fault. Stupid. Stupid. For instance, the peacock grows a colorful but cumbersome tail that not only attracts predators, but makes it difficult for him to escape those predators. Similarly, the buck grows enormous antlers, which are heavy to carry and can easily become tangled in branches, interfering with effective escape from pursuing hunters. And they can just get like caught in a tree and then just starve to death. And also with all the like the plastic and human intervention, there's like wire fences and right. There's also a plastic net joke in here somewhere. There but. definitely <laughs> is. Yeah. There's a there is one. If your dick is too huge, you a impale your partner. <laughs> yeah. And B. There's such a thing. It's as hard to tool run B. down the stairs. So of course Darwin knew <laughs> so that there I was hear. more to natural selection than simple fitness. An equally important part of the struggle of life regards reproduction. In this case, the question becomes, why would a female burden her offspring with dangerous traits by mating with a similarly burdened male? Yeah. Noting that the males with burdensome traits are almost entirely those in polygamous species, or a minority of males generally mate with many females. So Darwin had an insight. He realized that if females found these male burdens more attractive, I just love the term male burden. (laughs) (laughs) And if that attractiveness resulted in more matings by burdened males than the (laughs) burdened males, then the increase in matings of a few sons might offset the death of many other sons as a result of the burden. Wow. In effect, if the success of the surviving males produce enough offspring to cover for more than the loss of potential offspring lost 
from their brothers than the female who mated with a burdened male had chosen correctly. Oh my god. So that like female sabotage is the female (laughs) selecting a burdened male intentionally despite... Because that means that her offspring with said burden would be more likely to be mated with another female of the next generation and so on and so on. Yep. We're out stupiding our yep. ancestors. Isn't that so funny? I'm and here we are, 2022. <laughs> with this. Isn't the female sabotage theory of evolution kind of buck wild? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Also, Darwin, highly problematic, as oh, we've talked about before. Percent. But yes, wow, highly, I love highly, this. highly fucking problematic. And this theory is a theory of, of evolution. So like it's it's also problematic in its own way. Like it these are all these old fucking thoughts on how we even came to be walking standing up. It's just like it I just found it really fascinating that this is what popped up under female sabotage. I also I know I've said this before but I follow an account on Instagram called ASAP Science and mm-hmm. one of their recent posts was about how like men don't need to exist because right. like a long time ago <laughs> the the one or the one like type of organism that could reproduce by itself which would be the f- female organism mm-hmm. we used to be able to do this autonomously yeah but it was like a like a freak <laughs> offset that created yep. Men mm-hmm. <laughs> that necessitated me- males and females to yeah, you're to a mate. You're a fluke. You're a fucking fluke. <laughs> I know. Am I actually? A fluke? Am I a fucking fluke? <laughs> <laughs> Am I a fluke? Am I a fucking fluke? <laughs> Holy shit, that's amazing. But actually, Am gay men fat? are maybe kind of go getting back on track. Or We're getting offsetting back on the what our, our dumb brethren have done. Yes. Oh, my God. Am anyway. I a fluke? Am I a fucking, a fucking fluke? fluke? <laughs> I thought you would like that, Lucy, specifically. <laughs> I'm finding a still so they can go on the drive. <laughs> Am I a fluke? Am I a fucking fluke? Local, local hero, uh, what's-her-face, who played her. Uh, Yeah, who cares? I can't remember. The holes I went down. But... When I think of women helping women, Rachel I Lee think Cook. of Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> I think of women supporting women, and then I think of girl boss, and yeah. then I think of MLMs. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> and then that got me wondering if anyone had been killed over an MLM. And guess what? The answer is yeah. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I fucking yeah. bet. I fucking bet. <laughs> So for this story, we travel back to 2016 and we head over to India where Kavita Badala, a 27-year-old woman from Mumbai, was working for an MLM called Ratnam Infotech. Oh, that sounds legit. Not at all Black Mirror-ish. <laughs> the company was was established in January of 2008 and focuses primarily on, quote, computer-related activities. For example, maintenance of websites, Creation of multimedia presentations. Oh, she's the Jen Shah of India. Pretty much. <laughs> so this is like essentially helping entities exist online and have it's like online marketing. According to themselves, they are Asia's number one network <laughs> marketing company in binary concept. <laughs> I am human man. <laughs> 
The company claims to have, quote, more than 300,000 distributors across India. I like my evil voice when I'm being the company. (laughs) This is a quote from BehindMLM.com. Ratnam Infotech affiliates pay between, uh, okay, I don't remember the currency of India. Rubles? Rupees? Rubles? Rubles. Rubles Rubles is Russia. Rupees is India. Got it. Rupees. So... Rotnam Infotech affiliates pay between 4,990 rupees to 7,490 rupees, which is between like 75 and 115 bucks US. Oh. When they join the company. So they get, you join the company and you get your sign on bonus. Yep. Products bundled with Rotnam Infotech affiliate membership include a laundry ball. <laughs> An energy saver device. What? what? A watch. Wait, what's a laundry ball? <laughs> like a dryer I, ball? I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> the fuck? Oh, no. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. What's an energy saver device? <laughs> this whole thing is clearly written by someone who's never even used a computer. Like, <laughs> it's written by aliens. I love, it. I love it so much. Okay. There's more, you guys. No. This list is amazing. Tungsten. Tungsten biomagnetic bracelet. Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> Wait, do you really? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> They're those bracelets that are supposed to stop motion sickness. They have the little metal thing right here. They're bullshit, but I know what it is. I'd like okay. to think that's what it is. There's mo- sure, there's more on this list. One item is a quote, Gas and life saver. <laughs> when I love lifesavers, though. <laughs> and I'm sobbing. I can't. An induction stove. Oh, oh super helpful. <laughs> I mean, the most helpful thing on this list. So far. Jewelry. Uh, there we go. I don't know what this is. A CFL inverter. Googling it. A quote bio disc. <laughs> What's a CFL inverter? A CFL inverter appears to be a backup battery. <laughs> just in general. Oh my god, why is this the Scott Thoughts <laughs> episode? What's a bio disc? I don't know. A bio disc. <laughs> <laughs> like I need to know how all these products got into the welcome know. bag. <laughs> I don't know. A bio disc process involves allowing the wastewater to come in contact with bacteria, which grow on the bio disc and ingest the pollutants in the wastewater before discharge of the treated wastewater to the environment. Usually, a ditch or stream. <laughs> what? No. Fucking no. Is that okay. where Josh wanted to be found? A teacher stream? <laughs> In a biodisc. A biodisc. <laughs> okay, the last thing in the welcome basket is quote, quote unquote G5 cell phones. <laughs> you guys, it's the best list. 
that Coinc- was ever made. Coincidentally, this is all the stuff that Israel Keys put in his kill kit. <laughs> Do they mean 5G? <laughs> Probably what they G5. I like how five is spelled out F I V E. It's a quote. It's a G5. G5. There's no way they didn't mean 5G, right? I can't go on. I can't go on. That's the kind that doesn't I give can't. you cancer. <laughs> Cancer out of you. <laughs> into your bio disc. <laughs> Which says you it's into the reservoir. <laughs> I'm gonna piss my The retention head. pool or whatever. Full circle. <laughs> I'm gonna pee my pants. Popcorn Lucy. Okay, here Popcorn we go. Lucy. Amanda needs to recover. <laughs> Ratnam Infotech affiliates are paid to recruit new affiliates with commissions paid out via a binary compensation structure. Okay. Do you get paid? Yes. Yes. What's binary compensation structure? Okay, you Google it. I can do this again. So... Kavita was actually doing pretty well with Ratnam Infotech and kept racking up her bonuses by signing on more, quote, clients of their media company. The clients she signed on to then turn around and sell online marketing tools were not doing well. You guys, a binary compensation structure appears to be a structure in which you either get paid or don't or you get don't. paid. <laughs> it's black. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That is inherently accurate. <laughs> if this is the most corporate language I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> it's a quote. I never would have written it that way. It's a quote. I would have. All I need to know about is the gas and lifesaver. <laughs> Have you ever written a term paper with a minimum, like, yes, character yes. count? B- binary compensation structure, thousand percent, yes. <laughs> yes. So anyway, the, the, the new client's not doing great. So not great, in fact, that they paid, like, you paid to join this MLM. So they paid Kavita. To become these new clients to join this MLM in April of 2016, they paid her like 17,000 rupees or something. So, like 12 bucks. I mean, yeah, but it's a lot of money for, you know, yeah, like it's it's not a small amount of money. It's it's not 12 bucks, but it's like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, okay. But then by May, was asking for their money back. Because That's they the were other bleeding. binary. That's the yeah, the <laughs> other of the binary. They want their money back <laughs> because they were bleeding funds under this MLM structure, <laughs> which is exactly how MLMs work. It's just so fucking sad. But anyway, understandably, Kavita was like, "Fuck no, I'm not giving you money back." And they were like, "Well, wait." You've been talking about how rich your dad is the entire time you've worked here. You could afford it. And she's like, absolutely not. I'm not paying you money back. 
have already have earned nice the money. Day. Yeah. <laughs> but a rich dad proves too tempting for some of them. And on May 15th, Kavita went missing. She was abducted near her house after she left for work that morning. And not long after that, a ransom call rang to the home telephone of Kishanlal Katari, Kavita's father. So the voice on the other end of the phone is demanding 3 million rubies, which is like $44,500 US. Jesus. And three kilos of gold. However much that is. Yeah, I mean, gold is... Probably a lot. I don't know. That's a lot of gold. Uh, Show me the gold. But the poor man was just that. Poor. (laughs) Kavita had been making up a family wealth, most likely for appearances within this marketing company to, like, bring in clients. Distrust. Yep. Distrust. It circles back. So when Katari spoke to the kidnapper about his inability to pay the ransom... He explained that he was employed with a local jeweler and only brought home a meager salary to support himself. I don't even think her mother was alive. Oh, it was all a lie. Yeah. But that's where the uh, gift box jewelry probably came from. And the the G5. (laughs) Maybe. The G5 phones. (laughs) So the kidnappers were pissed. As it turns out, there were four of them. They were, quote unquote, employees within Rottenham. Infotech, which means they were the recruited team members that she had got tricked into they were, buying they in. They were in this, this triangle somewhere. Right. So she had gotten bonuses for signing them on, and they couldn't make the, arra- the arrangement sustainable for themselves because it's an MLM. So they were angry with Kativa for this, and they were now broke, and they were desperate, and they were working within a bullshit company, only to find out that the ransom that they'd kidnapped for doesn't exist. Oh, good. So these are not good circumstances. And it's four people with one hostage. So in a fit of rage, Mohit Kumar Baghdad, uh, 26 years old, Shiv Sharma, 25 years old, Ramavtar Sharma, 27 years old, and the only other female in the group, Unika Sarvanandan, sorry, 26 years old, Worked together to murder Kativa. They strangled her. Jesus Christ. And then, like, mm-hmm. set her on fire and stuffed her remains into a suitcase that they also, like, burned to try to get rid of evidence, but it didn't work. This isn't a woman helping a woman. No, it is not. The suitcase was found dumped in Mumbai, and Kativa was later identified as the deceased, and all four of these individuals were arrested and charged they did confess to having done this they were charged with murder although i couldn't find information about their sentencing like i couldn't nail that down and even if i could i don't really know what that would look like in india versus here so that is my case where was the woman helping another woman (laughs) no i didn't do i that's what i'm saying i didn't Go down that path. I went down finding a story about an MLM. Remember, she gave oh. us a whole story about how I she's mean, like, I'm going to do what I do every week and yeah. just break away from the theme of the show. Yeah, I, I, I gave it an intro. <laughs> so when I think of women helping women, I think of MLM. I will it's also in my notes. never get over the female sabotage, though. Female sabotage. Yeah. It and makes anyway. too much sense. That's my case. Do you think Good PK Lord. and Dorit's robbers, when they got home and found out it was all fake, felt the same way? 
They don't have real money. <laughs> oh my god! Probably, but they left her phone. It was probably the most valuable thing they had in the house. Yeah. <laughs> it has Bravo secrets on it. That phone was G5, you idiot. G5. It's a brand new G5 phone. You guys, that list, I I can't. It's the greatest list that was oh ever made. Oh, my God. That Save I that list. never stop thinking about that list. Well, special thanks to our fan picker, Bailey Sipala. I hope you had a sensational time. Hope you got a bio disc for your, <laughs> your bio birthday. Disc. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. And also thank you to Josh Hallmark. Let I was just going to say, we also have to give special thanks yes. to Josh. Where, where can we find your where, where can we find your shit? Where are you? Where are you? I'm on <laughs> truecrimebullshit.com. And yeah, don't go to me on Facebook or Twitter because like, you'll never hear from me. So just go to the All website right. and listen to the show. <laughs> also, Karen that. and Ellen letters. Oh. You just have like, I, I will never stop thinking about Karen and Ellen, but I'm sure you'll be on our show again soon. Thank I'm you, Josh. Because sure <laughs> we guys. need you. We will see <laughs> and we'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. If you're a fan of true crime, you've probably heard your favorite podcast discuss the link between lead poisoning and higher crime rates, and possibly even heard podcasters theorize about the link between serial killers and lead poisoning. When these topics are discussed, though, it often sounds as though our exposure to lead went away when lead paint and leaded gasoline were banned. But have you heard that exposure to lead in the United States is on the rise? Or that the nearly 90% of the 10 billion bullets sold every year in the United States contain lead? And that minimizing the effects of lead exposure from lead ammunition is part of a widespread misinformation campaign? Hmm, where have I heard about misinformation campaigns before? Tote starvo tactics. The effects of lead exposure are everywhere, but often not seen or heard about. Join us on our journey learning more about lead every Wednesday by listening to United States of Lead. Available on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and other podcast platforms. Let's talk about lead. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers. Cheers.